save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You know, regardless of what crop you're growing, regardless of the time of year, regardless of your budget, we have something for everybody. Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Starting a garden can be intimidating. You probably have a ton of questions, but when you hit search on Google, you feel more overwhelmed than when you started. Questions like how to get started growing, how to grow hydroponically or organically, can I afford to grow my own garden? And maybe you're asking, what all can I grow for myself? Trust me, I've been there. Stop wondering and start learning today with experts Heather and Thomas King, co-owners of Como Grow Supply in Columbia, Missouri. This dynamic duo have been in the growing business collectively for 15 years, helping to educate clients like you on how to become self-sufficient when successfully growing your own bountiful garden. For whatever stage of growing you're in, Heather and Tom will give you the confidence and tools to take the next step and say, heck yes, I can do this. They focus on making sure you have whatever you need to grow your best garden, which isn't limited to supplies. It also means education and accessibility for all. From microgreens to cannabis, Como Grow Supply has everything you need to help you grow your own way. In this episode, we discuss how to start growing your garden, hydroponics, and how growing plants can empower and benefit you. And Heather and Tom share the most common misconceptions and mistakes from growers, as well as their pro tips for growing. Normally, I would share our segment, Something to Grow On, at the end of the episode, but this time around, the whole episode is literally something to grow on. So let's dig in, my friends. Well, Heather and Tom, I am so excited to have you on the show. I am a new grower myself, and I can't tell you like how many people have asked me how to start growing themselves, what all is involved in growing and how it helps them. And so I think that they're going to learn a lot from y'all and just feel like that they can take the leap. I just want y'all to share a little bit more about yourselves and kind of how you ended up where you are now. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. So my name is Heather Yu King. I am 27. I have been growing cannabis professionally for about seven years now. Yeah. You know, I grew up in suburban Illinois, you know, moved out to Colorado for school. um, Also to learn how to grow cannabis is where I started. You know, I started running caretaker grows, um, had my own patients and things like that. Um, And then, you know, the law started to kind of change. So I began working in 
in, you know, the quote unquote white market, um, dispensaries and things like that, you know, was a bud tender. I did all things cannabis. Um, and then, you know, as I started to delve deeper into the cannabis stuff, I started to realize how important it was to learn how to grow my own food in general, um, you know, given the recent pandemic and, you know, social, yeah. political unrest and things like that, I started to really, really see how many people actually don't know how to grow their own food. Um, and it's really, really easy. Um, a lot of what we do here, you know, Como Grow Supply is getting people to understand how actually easy it is to grow your own food, to grow your own medicine, to grow everything on your own. It's very cheap. It's very easy to do. It's just a matter of um, knowing exactly what to get. That's a lot of what we do here is kind of guiding you on um, on what to do. Just the education part of it. Yeah, my background is in is in education. Um, you know, I taught English as a second language. And, uh, you know, I worked with cannabis tours um, as a tour guide. I was a cultivation consultant over at Pharmaceuticals, which is a, a dispensary out in Denver, Colorado. Um, I did their operations consulting there. So basically, my whole entire career thus far has been educating and showing people how to do things um, and, and showing people how to make it repeatable. Uh, that's kind of a rundown on how I got here. Out in Colorado was where I met Tom and the two of us kind of got together and just built this awesome thing. Dynasty. Yeah. Well, what about you, Tom? Uh, my name is Thomas King. I grew up out here in Missouri. I lived here and started going to college briefly for a little bit. Uh, I was looking to be an English lit major and same as Heather went into a background in education. I realized college was ridiculously expensive and so I ended up moving out west, lived in California for a couple of years, um, and that's kind of where I first started dabbling in the medical marijuana scene. I um, was running a few grows out there up uh, north of Chico, and then kind of traveled around for a little bit, went to Oregon, went down to New Mexico for a little bit, and kind of saw their grow scenes there, and then ended up uh, for the majority of my career in Colorado. So I moved there, gosh, almost eight or nine years ago. So I was out there for quite a while. And after a couple of years out there, I met Heather, fell in love with her at first sight. And we, you know, kind of hit it off because we both realized we were from the Midwest and then moved out west and realized we had a lot of the same vision, a lot of the same dream and everything. So we kind of started working out there with our, our, our humble, you know, back home beginnings. And out in Colorado, I managed quite a, a few different properties. I had a lot of things going on out, out there as well with uh, my caregiver stuff and then transitioned into the um, industrial like warehouse dispensary scene. Uh, I was the head grower at Carmaceuticals for several years. So me and Heather kind of did our own thing for a little bit. And when Missouri's laws passed that uh, everything went medical, we already had this plan in action, you know, a year on contingency saying, you know, as soon as Missouri goes medical, we're going to try to go back. So as soon as that bill hit, we started our business plan, came back, started Como Grow Supply. And that kind of spun out of some of the education that we were doing with our lectures. We did some lectures at uh, University of Missouri here at, at Missouri in town as well as some private classes as well from that uh, we spawned the Missouri School of Cannabis as well as King Consulting, which is a subsidiary of that. So with Como Grow Supply, we do a lot of the equipment. We do um, a lot of informational stuff. And then for the more detailed, in-depth education, uh, that's when we have people go with the Missouri School of Cannabis for our classes, lectures, uh, some of our demonstrations that we do. Um, and then we also do private consulting for uh, residential as well as commercial through King Consulting as well. But we're all pretty much the, the Como Grow family that we started too. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad glad to be back out here in Boone County and out here in Missouri as well in the Midwest. And we're yeah, pretty much just taking all that information and all of our travels that we've had over the past decade and, and helping share that information with people out here. So Well, Missouri is glad to have y'all. Uh, we're so glad to be <laughs> we, back. We hear we really that a lot. <laughs> um, we're we're glad to be back for sure. Closer to home is always good. Um but something else I wanted to add to is that Tom and I, you know, we both did not have any money when we were in Colorado, right? Um, we were, I was a broke college kid. He was working really hard, <laughs> working really, really hard. But because we came from that, we, whenever we started to do our consulting, our classes and things like that, we had that in mind, right? You know, when you're starting out, you don't have anything. We get that. We understand that. Um, we see a lot of people who are disabled that are just, you know, rocking a disability check and that's it. And which makes it even harder for them to get food, to get their meds, to get what they need. Yeah. Same thing with a lot of the vets that come in. And so we worked a lot with these people. And from the beginning, we've made it a mission to make sure that we can help as many people as possible. So, you know, if somebody signs up for a class and they pay, you know, their admission for the class, that admission does not go all the way to us. We have a fund that we keep money in that subsidizes people who cannot maybe afford it. So um, a lot of people see our rates and they get scared off. But like, you know, something that I want everybody to know is that these are on a sliding scale. If you cannot afford something, there's no reason you should not be able to have your own medicine um, if you need it. There's no reason that you should go without because you don't have enough money to do it. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just something that's really, really important for us to make it accessible. That's like a huge cornerstone of our business structure is accessibility um, for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I love that y'all do that because I just feel like it's an added bonus to like why people should work with you is because you're like really wanting to help people at their core. So that's really awesome. We really do. So you help people grow cannabis and anything else? Like what is your main focus with growing at Como Grow? Yeah, uh, I've got people in here that come, they grow up. Oh, I forgot what flower it was. It's not roses, but it's like a very specific flower and they competitively grow these flowers and they're just beautiful. We have this guy who grows award-winning garlic and sells it for like almost, I think it's like something ridiculous, like $1,200 an ounce or something like that to five-star chefs out on the East Coast, out in New York. So much fun. So there's there's people that grow everything. We get um, one of our, like second to cannabis, one of the more popular things that we've been seeing uh is microgreens Mm -hmm. um so we get a lot of people that come in for growing microgreens and um trying to do uh indoor growing during the winter time you know just to kind of a get away from the elements as well as you know indoor growing is pretty pandemic friendly right um you're usually just doing it yourself you're staying inside you know as much as it's nice to get outside you can't do that like you know right now it's the past two weeks it's been in single digits and getting down to negative 10 degrees at night so that's there's no better time to have an indoor garden you know one of our favorite like clients that comes in, he has a garage that he has just filled with uh, flood tables, right? And he grows the food for his neighborhood. Wow. And the kids will come and help him pick tomatoes and stuff. You know, he came in when we first opened. He slowly, you know, comes in one day and just shows me this picture of like this gorgeous garden that he had made out of just recycled stuff. Like he's got like Tupperwares in there and stuff like that. It's really charming. I like it. And we don't just do hydroponic and indoor garden. Gardening. We do uh, organic gardening and outdoor gardening supplies as well. So, you know, regardless of what crop you're growing, regardless of the time of year, regardless of your budget, we have something for everybody. You got it all. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. And and on top of that, 
too. He and I, our focus is on hydroponics. Our focus, you know, we really like the hydroponic medium, um, but we do dabble in the organic soil, but we also have consultants on our team that are like very into organic soils. So, um, you know, if we don't know it, somebody on our crew will know it. I guarantee it. Um, and if they don't know it, they know somebody that knows it. So it's really cool. It's really fun to be able to work with people that are, you know, experts. <laughs> it's really yeah. cool. Right. The only thing I've seen with hydroponics that hasn't really been grown have been trees. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we pretty much any crop, you name it, you can grow Yeah, for sure. Well, so in general, though, so like say, for instance, somebody feels like they're really bad at growing. I've heard that a lot is like people don't know where to start growing. Would you suggest hydroponics or would you suggest starting with soil and kind of tending that? What's what's your thoughts there? So some people learn better if they, you know, take a class first and then do it. Um, other people, they kind of have to just do it right. Um, the beautiful thing about growing um, is that it's it's cheap to start. Um, so, you know, if you mess something up, that's okay. You can reuse those items that you've already purchased and try it again. You know, with hydroponics, a lot of people get scared off because they hear hydroponics and they think that it requires all these pumps and timers and emitters and plumbing and all this crazy stuff. You don't need all that. A lot of people don't know that plain cocoa core with some perlite in it is hydroponics. Um, so hydroponics refers to the actual growing medium that you're using. So what are you growing those plants in? Hydroponics is a soilless grow medium, right? So anything that does not have fertilizer built into it already is considered hydroponics. So cocoa core with perlite looks, feels, smells just like soil. Um, it is not soil. It is considered hydroponics. Um, the reason why I personally always suggest hydroponics for a beginner is because it's there's so much more control involved in it. The only way that those plants are getting fertilizer is if you give it to them. They are not relying on something that's already been mixed, right? So you tell that plant what to eat and when to eat it. Um, the beauty of that is that since there's no nutrients in that hydroponic medium, it doesn't hold salts and it doesn't hold that fertilizer in. So your plants, you know, you feed them a nutrient, they don't like it. Well, guess what? You can just rinse it out, pH your water, obviously, and then rinse it out and then try it again. Pull out whatever variable you think is causing that issue and do it all over again. Um, it's very forgiving. It's much more forgiving. So, you know, with soil, if you mix, you have to mix that soil up. You can buy soil that's already pre-mixed in a bag and those aren't all made equally. That's a whole different conversation though. <laughs> but when you buy or when you mix the soil and there's already fertilizer built into that, if that plant doesn't look happy, well, you can't really just, you know, flush water through it because then you're just flushing out all the nutrients. With soil, it's when you flush that all that stuff out, there's still other stuff in it and we don't know exactly what the plant doesn't like. Um it's a lot harder to figure that out, but right. You know, that's just my opinion, that's just what I you know, tell people and that's what I works for me. Some people I've seen it soil works better for them because they just understand it better. If you know what I'm saying makes sense to you, then I would suggest that you start with hydroponics first. It's a little tiny bit more expensive to buy into. Um, but I think overall cost and material usage is either about the same or even a little bit less with hydro, just because like I said, you know, if you run into a problem, you're not needing to like scrap the whole entire thing. It's a lot easier to troubleshoot. It's a lot easier to fix. Yeah. And that's one of the things we help our customers with. We do a lot of garden troubleshooting as well for our customers. You know, we'll have a lot of first time growers that come in and they're very frustrated when they walk through the door. They're having trouble, you know, grasping the concepts. And like Heather was saying, when people hear hydroponics, they think, you know, big, complex irrigation systems. 
And that is technically hydroponic irrigation, but that's not, you know, the definition of hydroponics, which is essentially just a soilless media. So we get a lot of folks that come in that are throwing their hands up in the air, don't quite know what to do. And we kind of take it back to the basics for them and help them troubleshoot where they're going wrong specifically, because, you know, Heather's right. When you're purchasing this stuff, it's an investment. Um, A lot of this stuff can be reused. It can be used sometimes up to five, 10 years down the line. So we don't want people to come in and just be frustrated and just give up right away too. But at the same time, you don't want them spending more money, you know, than they need to. Um, because if our customers are not successful, we're not successful, you know? Yeah. So one of the things that we do when we do troubleshooting is we also have kind of our in-house recipes and our formulas that we've used in the past 10 years, 12 years or so that have worked for us either commercially or residentially or both. Um, so we try to apply a lot of the successful techniques that we've had in our previous experience and help our customers, especially the ones that are having trouble getting their toes wet, so to speak, with with their first garden, that some of these things that we've learned are just, you know, it's we've broken it down to a recipe where it can be done step by step and usually in under five or 10 steps. So that that's when we start to see a lot of these first time growers that came in, they're like, oh man, this is terrible. Some of those people that initially were having trouble from the get-go have some of the best gardens now after we've been here for you know a handful of years so um so and so to answer your question about where to start you know a couple different things so we here we have like a full beginner starter kit for everything in it it's you know you can take that kit and grow a plant from start to finish um, or grow six plants from start to finish however the thing that sets that kit apart is that we again going back with our philosophy of you know sustainability right uh, we have designed that kit specifically to be expandable. So a lot of these other kits that you see being sold commercially, you get all this equipment, but if you want to do something different with it, you have to replace things out of there. You have to buy new things. You have to scrap, you know, a hundred dollar light or something like that. Yeah. The way we design this kit is that, you know, if you decide, even if it's not growing cannabis, even if it's growing, you know, your vegetables inside or your succulents inside or whatever, if you wanted to do something different with that, you wanted to convert it to grow food or something like that you wouldn't have to buy new things to replace what you already have you would just add on to that kit uh long story short yeah if you're trying to get started i would say get yourself some seeds get yourself an enclosed area you can build your room you know in a closet or something like that if you don't want to use a tent there's a lot a lot of different options that you can do but the most important thing is you know you just got to want to do it (laughs) if you want to do it i really think you can do it i've taught people who don't think that they can grow, who don't think they have a green thumb or whatever, these things can be taught. You just have to want to do it. Absolutely. And it's really comes down to just like a couple of things. Like you said, it's the air, the water, pH and nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's not a whole lot else to it. Yeah, exactly. And diligence, you know, I get, I get, you know, not a lot of people, but I've had some people specifically in the like, you know, commercial cannabis, you know, realm who don't actually really want to do it. And they just want to throw money at it and see it work, which, you know, you can do that. You can totally do that. But, you know, a lot of people think that if they spend a lot of money on whatever, you know, light that it's going to just work. My point is that, you know, you don't have to spend a million dollars. You don't have to spend a thousand dollars on something for it to work well. I've grown plants, you know, under a CFL light before. <laughs> like um, even my uh, garden plants that I'm going to bring outside for this um, summer season, you know, I grow those in a little tiny grow tent in my closet with a little CFL light on it. Plants grow. <laughs> Yeah. If you just give them some time, like they'll grow Mm -hmm. (laughs) time and love and care. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, so let's talk a little bit about the sustainability side of things. What do y'all see as sustainable in your business? Um, so yeah, as far as sustainability goes and purchasing things that, that are going to serve you for a while, uh, one of the things we do here, uh, we've got medical marijuana evaluations here. Um, so those are super low cost. They're $75. Um, and that's for the doctor's visit. And then you just pay your state fees. I don't know. It's, it's the lowest cost that I've seen. Um, the doctor is really great. And, you know, again, low cost, it's going to serve you for the year. And then their renewals are only $25. Sustainability, as far as like the environment goes, we do a lot of education on what to do with your pesticides when you're done with them. Um, we do a lot of education on, hey, you know, you've grown your plants inside, uh, you're done growing them, take that dirt, put it outside and use it for your outside garden. Um, don't just throw that stuff away. And we do a lot of education, even in our classes too. Every class that we teach, we talk about, let's say perlite. When you're done with your perlite, which is that white stuff in the dirt, that like when you buy like um, miracle Grow and stuff like that, they'll have little uh, white things that's perlite. Um, you know, that stuff is really bad for water sources. Don't pour that, you know, in the water. Interesting. We do a lot of education, basically. We break down what's in everything so that people know oh, hey, this is something I probably don't want to just leave. With sustainability too, like the products that we carry in our shop. So um, just off the top of my head, Royal Gold. Royal Gold, all organic. They're specifically made dirt for consumables, for like food, medicine, things like that. Things that you're going to eat, put in your body. They're a really great company. Their heavy metals are a lot lower than what you would see in other commercially produced soils. One of the things that our company is really big on, one of the things that we help a lot of our clients and our patients do is try to move away from traditional sources of, you know, agriculture and medicine, which are not often the most sustainable practices. So, I mean, with everything going on recently, especially with the pandemic, we help to train a lot of our clients and patients on self-reliance. Um, so instead of having to go to the grocery store and buy food, instead of having to go to the pharmacy and buy medicine, even instead of having to go down to the dispensary and spend, you know, four or 500 bucks, we help our patients and our clients develop their own practices for maintaining their own supply of food and medicine. You, even if you're just growing your own garden, whether it's, you know, bell peppers and tomatoes and stuff, or you got a little indoor grow with everything you need for all your medical ailments. Um, we really try to emphasize that with our patients on not having to rely on other people to get the things that they need. Um, and that's why it is so good that Missouri did pass medical is that it does allow, you know, just the average Joe, you know, no matter who you are, any walk of life to not have to rely on going to dispensary or going down to the corner to go buy your bag of weed or get your special tomato seeds or whatever. You can do all that on your own. Right. Um, we really try to push self-reliance and we're here to help you with that. You know, just self-reliance doesn't mean only relying on yourself. You know, you need to use resources around you. But instead of having to go to, you know, like a major grocery store chain or going to what are soon going to be state by state marijuana dispensary chains to get your medicine, you know, you can do that, all that on your own. Yeah. And I feel like it makes such a big difference having it, like you said, local. And it is so much better for you because I think people don't really understand like what all is going into the things that they're eating. But whenever you have control over whatever you're taking, whether that be cannabis or, you know, even a, like you said, a green pepper or something, you you know what's in it. You know what you grew it with from start to finish. And it's A, rewarding, but it's B, a lot healthier for you. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what I see as being the empowerment part of growing your own, um, knowing what you put in there, knowing that, hey, I can do this. I can do this. This is mine. This is for myself or, you know, my neighborhood. Right. Yeah. 
Same thing, you know, with the pesticides too. In the state of Colorado specifically, there are pesticides that are used on our food that we are not allowed to use on our medicine when we grow it. Wow. People don't understand that. When they start growing their own food, they start to realize like, hey, <laughs> we don't need to be using a bunch of this stuff that they use in our food commercially. We don't need that. And in doing that, that's kind of our contribution to like helping make a change, you know, the ripple effect, right? When you do it yourself, you know what you're using. You, we have a whole line of organic pesticides. We usually try to, to err on that side of things. Um, and we got recipes that can help you knock out bugs, mold, mildew, and stuff like that. So, Well, so uh, the like the nutrients that go into growing hydroponically, are those organic? Or can they even, I don't even think that they can be called organic by the USDA. Do y'all know much about that? When people talk about like what's certified organic they're usually talking about an omri listing they do certification of what's like pure organic so when you see a logo in the shop on any bottle that's omri listed that means that that company's validated it but here's the thing omri's not the only company that does it there are other companies as well that do that do organic certification so when you talk technically speaking all of the organics that are used for hydroponics are technically organic because they are in somewhat carbon-based but when you actually talk about, you know, like food and medicine grade stuff, you have a lot of hydroponic nutrients that are synthetically derived in a lab, but they're from organic materials. So that is still, you know, still would essentially be an, an organic substitute. Right. Um, now, tricky. when you start moving into like stuff that's like, you know, lab made salts or like synthesized stuff that's actually from synthetic materials, which you can find in, you know, some common agricultural fertilizers and stuff like that. Um, that is not what I would consider organic by any means. But the right. pre predominantly most of our products are organic based. Um, a lot of them are actually, you know, OMRI certified or certified by other companies as well. But there is a little bit of a gray area when it comes to hydroponic nutrients. But when you're using dry amendments, all the dry amendments, like the powdered amendments that we those are all organic based as well and mo you know most of the soils and stuff those are all organic as well so okay when it comes to meds medicine um i would just you know do your research right do your research see how it's derived from and see what you're comfortable with general hydroponics for instance is synthetic which basically just means they you know took the chemicals that the plants need and just gave them like a shortcut just gave them exactly what yeah. It's just what processed chemicals in a they lab eat. It's processed, yeah. right? The difference between that and an orga and a organic amendment, that organic amendment still needs to be broken down by the plant. So when you give them something like general hydroponics or something, it's just getting directly that chemical that they need. There's breaking down that's required, but not as much, right? right. So the other misconception that I hear a lot is, you know, people hear bottled nutrients and they automatically assume that it is not organic and it is totally lab made. And that's not true. Some are, you know, so like Botanicare and um, General Hydroponics, those two companies, they're really cheap to purchase the nutrients. Um, they work, they're quality, um, but they're synthetic. Synthetically derived yeah. to be the technical Synthetically term. derived, yeah. So House and Garden, organic, um, you know, even Canna. Though, even though those are all lab processed It's lab processed still, you know? yeah. But yeah, House and Garden, organic, you know, um, Canna, organic. They're both high-end. Um, there's a lot of different ones out there, but not all nutrients mm -hmm. are evil. Uh, in addition, it, a lot of what you call an organic end product, they base on your your source material where you're getting your, you know, where essentially this, all these nutrients are coming from. Um, right. So that means that the, essentially the precursor of the crops, all that stuff has to be organic too, in order for the end product to be certified quote unquote organic. But a lot, I think what Heather's trying to say is that a lot of products that 
don't say organic on the bottle or they're not listed organic are actually organic products. A lot of them, especially some of these mom and pop companies just don't pay for the Omri listing or don't take the time to go through all the, the hoops and syrup that comes with certification, right. you know? Miracle Grow, for instance, has this product that one of my interns was testing that, you know, he told me like, there is no way that is natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yet it's on relisting. Interesting. Yeah, real, real tricky. There's a lot of marketing terms and things like that involved with that. But long story short, just because it's in a bottle, it does not mean that it's evil. It does not mean that it's bad. Um, you know, I think there's value in all different kinds of growing. I think reasons why people do all different kinds of things, even if I don't do them. You know? And if you're not the type of person that really wants to go into, is this product Omri listed or not, then you just grow your own. And then at that point, you know, for a fact, you have 100% organic medicine. Yeah. You know, and organic food. So as long as you're not the one housing it with whatever pesticide, and you're taking care of a good, good natural soil or a good uh, hydroponically mixed cocoa bucket or, you know, whatever your growing method is, as long as you're the one taking care of it, you can know 100% that you're getting pure organic product. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's nuts? The number of ingredients in wasteful packaging and milk production. But you know what else is nuts? Joy's almond and cashew nut bases. It's literally nuts, and that's it. It's a perfect milk substitute without the wasteful packaging and unnecessary ingredients. It's nuts that only one tub of Joy can save up to seven milk cartons from a landfill. It's nuts that it can sit on your shelf for up to 18 months. It's nuts that Lena can make queso with this stuff. And to be honest, her food has never been better. But don't tell her I said that. And it's nuts that you can get 10% off of your order by using the code Lena Samford when you visit addjoy.com. Go nuts! What what's the most common mistake or question that people come to you with when they're growing that they just really, you know, I feel like a lot of people probably get hung up on one thing or is it a multitude of problems that y'all help them solve? Yes. So (laughs) those are both correct. (laughs) It's always, if not 95 percent of the time, a multitude of different aspects or different facets that people need to change. So I get a lot of people that come in that are like, look at this plant. I think it's a nitrogen deficiency. And what people um, a lot of the times don't think about is that the majority of the time that you're having all of a sudden a problem with your plants and they all of a sudden look bad, it usually has to do with the environment. So the before I tell people, you know, add this nutrient or add this chemical to your nutrient regimen. Before before I even look at that, I ask them, what's your water pH at? Is it pH balance? Um, you know, it, what's your temperature at? What's your humidity at? If all three of those things are not addressed, the plant is not going to be able to take in the nutrients correctly, even if you're feeding them the correct amount of what they need. A lot of times I get people that are wanting to add micronutrients to their water because their plants are looking sad when in reality, it's the fact that it's too cold in their room and they need to, you know, balance their pH of their water. So those things, they all play together. They all integrate. So like the biggest factor that she's talking about when people are being unsuccessful or that like people have questions about um, would be the water pH. And that's, you know, a lot of nutrient deficiencies that people have is coming from incorrect pH. You wouldn't begin to believe the amount of what 
people around here think is an adequate pH. So when you talk about pH, it goes, you know, neutral 7.0. Cannabis usually likes to be right at 6.0, as and well as a most lot of food, other crops. Yeah, most food um, likes to be at when 6. When you start getting down into like 5.0, that's too acidic. And when you start getting over, you know, up towards neutral, that's too basic. A lot of the times we have people that are having these nutrient deficiencies and they're like, like she said, oh, I have nitrogen deficiency. That's an extremely common one. And usually it's not lack of nitrogen, but the in either A, the incorrect pH or the lack of what they call CalMag is, which is essentially a smaller micronutrient that helps break down your nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So a lot of times when people think they have a problem coming in, that's not actually the end result of like, you know, most people think, oh, just add more nitrogen. So it's not always what you initially think. And it is a manipulation of a couple other different factors as well. Right. Um, but aside from pH, the number one problem that a lot of people have is, is light and the light intensity. So if, you know, you've got everything dialed in and figured out, you've got your nutrients figured out, you know your airflow is good, your room's built out perfectly, and you're you know giving your plants the correct pH and all that. A lot of times, if you're not giving them enough light to process all these other things that you're giving the plant, the plant's not going to metabolize. Mm, yeah. So yeah, definitely like the correct pH on the water and to some degree the soil, but then also having like the correct spectrum, the correct intensity, you know, the correct photo period, all that stuff of of your actual lights that you're growing with. Well, and that's the other thing too is that a lot of people don't grow for the plant that they're growing. So you cannot feed, I mean, I guess you could feed, you know, lettuce the same way that you would feed a tomato, right? You could do that. But that tomato, since it's a fruiting plant, is going to need different nutrients or like a different ratio of nutrients at different parts of that plant's life. Right. Um, so the yes, theoretically, you could feed the tomato and the lettuce the same exact nutrient mix and they would be just fine. They would produce. But our goal here is to increase the potential of your garden. How much more food can I help you grow in that specific area space that you have set aside? Right. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're making this too complicated. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, maybe I am. Um, I like plants. <laughs> it's about efficiency. Right. I'm all about efficiency. Exactly. So, um, you know, if, if to anybody that's wanting to do this as a hobby or that's wanting to really get into this, um, think about, you know, what are you growing and why are you growing it? That's a lot of what goes into successfully um, and seriously growing a garden. And you can make it as complicated as you want. <laughs> you know, we really try to emphasize getting people started with, you know, just their basic setup, just the basic stuff, not too many moving parts right off the bat. Um, because when it does come down to growing, you know, more plants in a larger area and trying to go for that, you know, higher yield, higher quality, there are a lot of more advanced features that come in that aren't, you know, aren't really accessible to the first time grower, but um, you can kind of add that and build onto it as you grow, as, as you grow and as you go. Yeah. So like, do y'all have a secret weapon tip? Like what's the best tip that y'all give to people? Ooh. Oh God, clean. clean. Keep your room yeah. clean. Interesting. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. If you hire me to come over to look at your garden and it's dirty, first thing I tell you, clean that room out. Dirty room or dirty space in general can really make bugs. Um, It can really make for a lot of problems. Even if you're just growing tomatoes outside and you're transplanting and things like that, you know, moving plants from one container to another. Try to keep it clean. Um, try not to leave a bunch of uh, like stuff for critters to hide in around your grow area. You know, even in our outdoor garden, we keep all of our, we, you know, we do our gardening and then we move all of our equipment back into the shed. We move all of our dirt and stuff back into the shed. And I get it, it's outside. So there's grass and stuff, but the goal is to minimize places where critters can hide. Right. And 
cleaning your clothes and washing your hands and stuff too, especially before, you know, before you work on plants or when you work on sick or damaged plants and move to the next plant that, you know, if you have like a host or some sort of infestation or really just anytime you walk into that room, always clean your hands, wear a new change of clothes every time too. I would have never imagined that. If you're working outside in the garden, throw your, we throw our clothes in a trash bag and leave them on the front porch and then either wear them back out in the garden or wash them. Try not to cross-contaminate too much, you know? Yeah. Cleaning is a huge thing, man. A lot of, honestly, like I've worked with a lot of grow stores in the past and it's not something they really address just because it's like, oh, well, like if you get bugs, here's some pesticides, you know what I mean? But that goes back to our sustainability thing. Right. You know, the less pesticides that you need to spray means there's a, a smaller risk risk of somebody being irresponsible with those pesticides. So we always try to make it to where you don't use anything that's not organic because number one, it's cheaper and number two, it's safer. I've seen a lot of grows become a lot more successful as soon as they cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they got everything sterile and just got yeah. all the dead leaves and material and all the all the gunk up off the, you know, off the floor and off the tables. It, right. Yeah. It, it makes a huge difference. And it's free to do that versus spending a bunch of money on fertilizers. <laughs> like Exactly. <laughs> yep. Or trying to fight bugs and stuff. Our garden last year, our outside garden got got some sort of I don't even know what it got, but it got sick for sure. Um, but because we separated stuff and cleaned everything, only two plants, we only lost two plants. Um, the rest of our garden was perfectly fine. And another just like if we had another pro tip to pick, the compost tea. That's a good one. If you're using compost tea, that stuff, there's no really like fix all or, or feed all nutrient solution that's going to do every plant in every scenario at every stage of growth at every harvest. But compost tea will definitely help every single plant. That is like the one. It's not going to hurt it. It's definitely not going to hurt it. And it's yeah, it's an amazing microbial solution for your plants. Reason all plants love it, whether you're growing hydro, outdoor, or organic. And so that's the essentially the tea or the water that comes out of composting, correct? Yeah, um, and it's it's full of microbes, chock full of nutrients. It's got all all kinds of good stuff. Plants like some teas have um, aminos and B vitamins and stuff in them too. You can make your own um, tea. There's pl- re- all kinds of recipes. I mean, there there's probably as many compost tea recipes as there are nutrient recipes out there as well. And it's super easy to make. You just get a bucket, you get a, an air pump. We have those here, but if you have like a, an aquarium or something, you can use that air pump, get a piece of line coming off of it and stick it in a bucket. And then you can look up recipes online. We've got one um, and then you just add your stuff in there and you let it brew um, for you know a few hours to a couple days um, and then you can feed that to your plants and yeah as long as you are again keeping everything clean the it's only gonna help you have a stinky smellier your tea um, is the you, can, you can also buy teas that have already been made that are just like in bottles already Those and that's great too. yep that's yeah. a lot less stinky if you're in a small area yeah we've got way you longer what. shelf life too. yeah yeah well, so is there anything else that you like feel people should know about growing themselves or um, anything else that y'all want to share about Como Grow? I mean, just I'd say education is huge. And I don't mean, oh, I went and researched something. It's like, dude, you went on YouTube for 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> um, so a lot of it's education and finding reputable sources of information. Definitely talking to not just anybody who's been growing, but people who've actually been successful, people who've actually made a career out of it. Because I mean, anybody will tell you, like, especially like some of like, like my dad's like, 
you know, notorious for this. He's like, oh, I've been growing for 50 years. And it's like, yeah, dude, you had plants back in the 70s. But, you know, you don't have the information and the experience needed to be a successful grower. So if you can surround yourself with good information, um, there's a handful of good books out there. Really anything by Jorge Cervantes or Ed Rosenthal is a good place to start. Our classes are great for for getting the education that you need. But um, I would say a lot of people that are getting ready to start to focus on that before they start to go out and buy, you know, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, sometimes 10,000 bucks worth of grow equipment to get started. Um, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and money in the long run um, by educating yourself and making sure that you have good information to start with. Too, oh, you we've know? got so many resources for just like all kinds of growing. Like it doesn't just have to have to be medicine or medicinal plants, like food. We've got resources on like permaculture and things like that. Um, you know, kind of manipulating the land that you already have to sustain plants and, you know, irrigate your plants and things like that. Um, we've got all kinds of stuff like that. We just, we really like to grow, um, you know, and again, not just cannabis, food, everything. It's so important. It is so important. There have been so many times where I've just like been at home and did not want to leave our house and just went outside and picked food out of the garden and just made myself a salad until I felt like leaving. Like (laughs) Your first harvest is so rewarding. Even your second, third, fourth, even your last harvest is rewarding, you know, because you're you're getting free food, which you can't really argue with that. But you have the pride knowing that you've done it yourself, too, you know? Yeah. And you can get a garden started for really, really cheap. Or you can go all out and build, you know, the biggest garden anyone's ever seen. But, you know, there's always a, there's a place for everybody there, you know? Yeah. I love that y'all say you help people to grow their own way. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. We grow your own way. That's our hu- like a huge thing. We, you know, just because we like to do something a certain way does not mean that there are not other valid ways to do it. Um, and that's that for me is is so important to tell people because again, we're here to empower people. We're not here to for like this weird ego pride match. Thing. You get that. I don't. You know. get that at a lot of hydroponic stores. You get and it's that, kind of yeah. a weird phenomenon. It's too. And it's not just here. It's every hydro store I've been to. I mean, I've been to hundreds of hydroponic stores in my time in, in all over the country. And there is some strange ego trip that that store's way is the best. It's, and if you don't abide by what they're telling you, you're going to have, you're going to be a failure. You're not going to be successful, but right. we see that everyone's got their own method. There's a thousand ways to trim a plant, you know? So yeah. we, we always just try to make, you know, help people do it their way. And, you know, we'll, we'll let you know what we've done that we've had success with, but we're also here to help you out as well with any method that you prefer. So you, know, you tell us what you need. We'll, we're here to support whatever you want to do even if it's not something that we do or like would think is the best way to do it we're here to support you don't be afraid to come in I I get a lot of people who are just like very nervous to talk to us or they're just like very nervous coming into a grocery store I just want people to know like don't be nervous to come in here we are not here to judge you or to call you stupid or do anything like that we are just simply here to support what you want to do you just tell us if you don't know what you want to do we have plenty of suggestions to get you started so all right so how do people connect with you People can connect with us um, via Facebook. So you can just search Como Grow Supply up in that search bar. You can find us on Instagram at Como Grow Supply is just our tag. And you can email us Como Grow Supply at gmail.com. And you can call us 573-823-3937. And we've also got a website, ComoGrow.com. We're easy to find. <laughs> and what about your classes and consulting? 
Okay. Classes and consulting, same thing. You can message us through any of those, any of our social media platforms. You can email us, comogrowsupply at gmail.com. You can call us. Um, Our website, like I said, we are still updating all of our stuff on there. Um, But if you would like information on classes, you can email us and I've got informational packets and things like that I can send over. All right. Well, that sounds great. Is there anything else that y'all want to share? Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. It was fun. I hope you had as much fun as we did. I'll be sure to link all of the contact information for Como Grow Supply in the episode show notes so that you can reach them for all of your plant needs. I can't wait to see what you decide to grow. So be sure to tag Hometown Earth so I can keep up with your growing journey. I am rooting for you. And in fact, I'm about to start planning my next grow project right now. I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details and let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram, at Hometown Earth, or connect with me, at Lena Sanford. We all know change needs to happen, so let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.